Welcome to the Diamonds for Our Children podcast, a public humanities project and motherhood ministry. I'm your host, Katie Jo LaRiviere. Drawing on all aspects of what Pope St. John Paul II called the feminine genius, I gathered together the narratives, expressions, and expertise of mothers as a collective epistolary given freely as a gift to all children who might need the loving and secure presence of motherhood. This podcast is for my little ones, of course, but it's also for you, dear one, whomever and wherever you may be. If you need the love of a mother, join me every Monday. Each episode is a facet of the diamond of motherhood, and each contributes to a unified love that reflects light back onto the world. Let us fill our hearts up so that we can pour them out. I'll start by telling you something about your Oma. The stories of children are the stories of their mothers, you know? Your Oma is Connie Jo, the daughter of Agnes, the daughter of Epersina. When I was seven years old in 1992, my own grandma, Agnes Miller McKelkey, died at the age of 63. She had suffered a short but traumatic bout with breast cancer joining all of her three sisters, Lydia, Edvina, and Legata, in that horrible fate. She was one of my favorite people. My memories of her include her pretty brown curls, her soft and lovely brown eyes, and the joy she showed unfailingly upon seeing us. I remember reading little golden books together, especially The Pokey Little Puppy. I later discovered that every time she read it to us, she changed the ending of the story to be funnier than it originally was. One time she visited our house and she spent an unnecessary amount of time allowing me to read jokes to her from a book I'd borrowed from school. She laughed at every single one. Knock, knock, who's there? And why did the chicken cross the road? I remember cocoa wheats and German chocolate cake. That was her favorite. And I remember that whenever we visited, she managed to always have a gift for us, some dollar store thing or, you know, anything she'd find at Toys R Us. That was her favorite. When we'd visit her little yellow house at 519 North Lake Street, she'd stock the basement refrigerator with squeeze-its and Mickey Mouse-shaped fudge pops, Those were the things we couldn't have at home anyway. She had a cupboard in her basement, not unlike your Oma's, completely filled with toys. My favorite were the waffle blocks. After she died, all of it disappeared, and we began to look forward to visiting her house, despite the lack of treats, to savor the smell of it, the visual stem of the square carpet in the kitchen, little blue and red squares on a brown background, the knickknacks that made up our childhood all over her house, and most of all, the piano. As far as I know, she didn't know how to play it, but my grandpa had bought it for her and had it shipped all the way from Germany. Now that piano sits in your Oma's living room, where it is played by all of us. The year after Grandma Agnes passed, in the spring, I went for a week to Sheridan, Wyoming to stay with my aunt, uncle, and cousins for exactly eight days. 
I did not grasp the reason at the time, but I knew it was eight days because your Oma individually wrapped eight small gifts in green tissue paper and numbered them one through eight. I always think it's interesting that I was also eight years old at the time. I was to open one of the gifts each day that I was away, and when they were all opened, I would come home. I knew that your Auntie Carlene, who was four or five years old at the time, went with my mom and dad wherever they'd gone. I can't remember if I knew it at the time, but they were in Seattle. I don't know where my older brother, your Uncle Nate, was, and Auntie Mary wasn't born yet. Eventually, we all came home, and time continued in flashes. I remember third grade at school more clearly than I remember home during that year. I remember getting in trouble by this very scary teacher whose name was Mr. Good, even though all the kids sometimes called him Mr. Bad because he was so mean. Third grade is a really memorable year because you start to grow up and the homework becomes harder and school is not so much a game anymore. There were some really good things about that year, though, too. Um, Mr. Good actually helped us build and launch actual rockets from the school playground because it was a year when we were watching a space shuttle take off, and that was a very cool thing in the 90s. My teacher was obsessed with space. Anyway, from a home video, I learned that upon returning home from Seattle, my mom's best friends had come to clean our house and deliver food. That they'd come to clean the house with such a novelty for our family that my dad recorded it on a VHS home recorder, one of those kinds that was so heavy and so bulky, he had to carry it on his shoulder and look through this little eye hole to be able to make the recording. It was clearly a special moment for him and everyone because none of us were used to having our house cleaned. Why had all this occurred? Your Oma had been diagnosed with breast cancer at age 35. She had three young children, as I do now. While I was opening little green packages for those eight days in March of 1993, your Oma endured several surgeries and then came home to an experience only she could understand. She is nothing if not resilient, in body and soul. I tell you, I never will know how she did it. There is a cassette tape with a recording of my grandma Agnes reading The Pokey Little Puppy to my brother and me. It is the only record of her voice. In it, her voice is low and hoarse. To me, it sounds like her, but Oma says it sounds nothing like her because they recorded it while she was very ill. I have a cloudy memory of sitting on a bed in the little green room in her house while she read to me. It was one of the last times we visited her before she died, and my parents thoughtfully preserved her voice for us to hold in our senses. I don't have any record of my Grandma Beverly's voice, or of my other grandma, Mary Ellen's. They say that when someone dies, the first thing you forget is their voice. Had my mother, your Oma, passed at 35 in her first battle with cancer, or at 42 when cancer returned, or at 58 with another terrible illness, we would have a few home videos to accompany our memories. When Oma was young, she wouldn't let my dad record much of her on the giant shoulder-hoisted VHS recorder. 
too self-conscious and fed a steady psychological diet of diet culture, we don't have much footage of her, just her, at all. I turned 35 this April, and I'm healthy right now, praise God. But you're so young. You're the age I was when everything going on around me was a blur. You're the age when you think you know your parents, but we are still largely a mystery. Who am I? What has made me your mother? How did I get here? What is my history? What is the history of my worldview? What are the traumas I carry with me? Why am I the kind of mother I am to you? These are all questions I have about my own mother and about my grandmother's. My mission in creating this podcast began as a way to communicate to you your own history by allowing you to know me in a deeper way. I wanted to answer these questions for you. Mothers often remain a mystery to their children, whether intentionally or not. Their children remain, therefore, somewhat of a mystery to themselves. I believe that knowing yourself Understanding your history and your worldview in the context of the generations that precede you will help you to know better, and then to be better, and then to love yourself with a fullness of understanding. I wanted to give you that opportunity by filling in some of the blanks. I also wanted you to have a record of my love for you and what it meant to me to be your mother what it meant that I said yes to God's will for your existence in the world, how much I obsessed over your happiness and ability to thrive, and how much I regret it when I fail you. One theme I'll share with you in these letters is how integral and simultaneous my experience as your mother has always been with my work as a professor. Perhaps because the birth of my children coincided with the birth of my career, I learned to see the similarities in my mission for each. I also learned that they are not two separate vocations. As a professor, I have discovered that I often can and must transfer skills. Every day that I remain both a mother and a scholar, I make a gift of myself not only to you, my three children, but also to my students. Of course, the gift looks different, but it is self-giving love just the same. And the notion of self-giving love also applies to the concept of spiritual motherhood, and that can include and extend far beyond one's biological children. The greatest gift you have given to me as I have learned to be your mother is the realization that I can be a mother to many, and I have come to consider motherhood as a vocation that reaches far out beyond what I first imagined it to be. One of the very coolest things in life, and the thing that I hope you get to experience many, many times, is the way in which your biggest dreams can become a stepping stone to things that you never imagined could be. I love imagination. I hope you will use yours all the time. Ultimately, the mission of this podcast is to offer a gift of myself to all children, 
regardless of age or status, who need the safe and secure attachment of a mother. It is for you and all to know you are seen and heard. It is to soothe and heal your wounds through the loving insights shared on this podcast. Now, just a note on the structure of this podcast. Your Oma needed her friends to care for us by bringing food and helping with housework, watching over us many times during her illness. And she entrusted us to many wise mothers as we grew. These wise mothers were my aunts, her sisters, as well as her tight-knit group of friends who I came to call aunties. Ginger, Debbie, Heidi, Melody, Anne, and her many other friends. Some had their own children, some didn't, some were grown, some were little. All of these women had different backgrounds and experiences, and all of them became like facets of the diamond who is my mother. Each shone a different ray of light that reflected her love onto me. On this podcast, I will draw together for you some of the most tender, wise, and loving women I know. They will offer you diamonds that reflect my love onto you. Some of them will reflect quiet strength. Some will be an example to you in their intellect, charity, or humility. Others offer a necessary humor, and still others straight-up badassery. And together, they cut facets into the diamond of my motherhood, creating a treasure for you, my love. May you experience through this collection the tender mercy and love of my motherhood. One last thing for this week. As a scholar and a teacher, but even more so as a mother, my greatest hope for you is that you will find joy in learning, that you will cultivate curiosity and imagination, that you will seek answers and enjoy your research. A love of learning is not just a trope your teachers are paid to feed you. It is a survival skill. Learning is resilience. And we'll discuss in future episodes how it's a habit of mind. Learning to learn and learning to love it involves taking risks, dwelling in inquiry, giving yourself over to curiosity, admitting with humility that you don't know everything already. Learning is thriving, and I wouldn't want anything less for you. So at the end of each episode, I will offer some resources to keep you curious, resources you can seek out to find answers of your own, or to understand where I might be coming from. Most of the time, they will fit really well with the theme of the episode, but sometimes they'll be something unexpected and fun. I'll provide links to them in the show notes for each episode so you can easily find them and make use of them. Additionally, my Patreon members will be eligible for my quarterly and monthly resource giveaways, where you could be drawn for a free copy of one of these resources sent with love from me to you. To mark our first ever episode, our first resources for today honor my grandma Agnes and my own mama. So step one, get yourself some cocoa wheats. I'll put an Amazon link in the show notes. And do yourself a favor, put more sugar in than they recommend. Also, make it with half milk and half water. 
I can be very specific here. (laughs) Then sit down with the little golden book, The Pokey Little Puppy. If you're not a child, take 20 minutes to care for yourself as if you were one. My final resource for today is a tiny little meditation and one that I think also honors motherhood. Henri Nouwen's Out of Solitude. It's a book of about 68 pages, really tiny. Thomas More explains in his introduction to it, quote, Nouwen makes several subtle observations as the rhythm and repetition of his words and phrases lull you into reverie. Nouwen writes powerfully of the attachment of God to you, my dear ones, each of you, a safe and secure attachment forged in love, which we will dive right into next time. Thank you so much for spending time with me this week. You are a beloved child, and today, for just a few moments, you chose to be with me. I'm so honored by that. I hope you can feel how much you are loved. If you know someone who could benefit by spending time with us, will you invite them to the Diamonds for Our Children community? Help them find our website at diamondsforourchildren.com. Send them a link to the show on Spotify, Apple, or any podcast platform. Or search for Diamonds for Our Children on Patreon. Patreon members are eligible for lots of good things, especially the opportunity to help me turn this mama love into tangible giving in our communities. You can also share what the show means to you by reviewing the podcast on the free Apple podcast app. Rating and reviewing helps others to find our community and our love. And who knows, your review might just be featured on the doc website. You can also get in touch with me via email at diamondsforourchildren at gmail.com to ask questions or share your thoughts with me. I can't wait to be with you again next week. Together, we create facets of a unified love that reflect light back onto the world.